0: Welcome to the Words and Nerds podcast, where we bring literary goodness straight to your ears. Today is our monthly releases episode, and we have three children's authors to chat about the magic of writing for young people. Welcome, Rory H. Mather with new books, Sebastian Stands Out and Book Week Bear.
2: Thanks for having me, (laughs) Denny.
0: Great to have you back. And we have Kristen Durrell, Football Fever, book four. I feel like I just spoke to you yesterday about book one i know it's crazy
1: busy and so great to be back but it's (laughs) been a a whirlwind that's for sure
0: (laughs) and last but not least shanae Maripodi with her book one wrong turn welcome thank you for having me so we're going to do this thing where authors love it it's an elevator pitch (laughs) uh so i'm going to throw to you uh rory you can either do two books fast one book long you decide Sebastian's- I was hoping
2: I'd be last, but
0: <laughs> I'm just gonna so- mix it up, keep you on your toes all night.
2: All right, um, I'm gonna be really fast then.
0: Sebastian stands out, gotta love that cover. It's just beautiful. Um, hit me with the elevator pitch, surprise me.
2: So it's a story about a um about wanting to wanting to um embrace your fears and, and uh wanting to embrace the things you love. So basically Sebastian's a chameleon, wants to go to the, the dance in the jungle but has the, the problem of blending in and that causes chaos. So all what he does, he just, he just finds a creative solution after nearly giving up. And, yeah, that's Sebastian stands out in 20 seconds. Um, book Week Bear is a story of mistaken identity at Book Week. Done.
0: Wow. That Whoa. was like one, <laughs> half a floor. Didn't even get <laughs> to the next floor. Very impressive. Uh, Kristen, we've talked about Football Fever Book 4. Tell us about the series or this book or whatever you like. Yeah. Yeah, so the it's a junior fiction series
1: about six girls, six boys and a crazy dog who are passionate about football and they play together in the under 11s, Marydale Fever. The dog doesn't, the dog just collects the balls. But (laughs) um, the fourth book in the series, the kids have been to a high potential pathway camp. They've had a great season so far. There's one game to go and one team to beat. The weather is not playing nice. So it's how the kids deal with that. They've got their gala day coming up too, but that's under threat. And a couple of the kids have a secret, some secrets that they're just not finding finding it hard to tell the other kids. So it's how do they bring themselves together to
0: end the season on a high? Wow. High stakes there and very exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's busy stuff. No one wants a gala day at stake. Come on. My kids live for that kind of stuff. <laughs> again, face paint, slushies. It's all there. All the things. Uh, Shanae, one wrong <laughs> turn. He just does an elevator pitch. So
3: One Wrong Turn is a middle grade novel. It's set in an elite ballet school and follows two very determined dancers as they go head-to-head for the lead role in Cinderella. One of those girls is Amelia. She's very talented and has professional ballet dancers for parents and is determined to follow in their footsteps. And she's a shoo-in for the lead role until new talent comes along. And that's Valentina, who's just arrived from Italy, and while amelia's sole focus is perfection valentina is juggling a new country a new language and a family who doesn't really understand the demands of an elite ballet academy and amongst all of that someone tells one very big unnecessary lie that has the potential to ruin everything
0: <laughs> i feel like that's yes. you know you've done that before that elevator pitch that was pretty impressive i may have picked an <laughs>
3: elevator pitch and just stuck with it
2: <laughs> i feel like i need to redo mine cuz <laughs> that would I'm like, oh, I winged it. <laughs> I know the book week bear is, is authentic. I
0: like the, the book week bear's great, it sticks with you. That's it, that's it. And it's okay. funny because elevator pictures should be easy, but as we all know, they're not because you can't condense, you know, a whole book into 10 <laughs> seconds. But it's good, you know, to give our readers a little bit of an idea if they haven't got their hands on your book yet. So, shanae I'm going to mix up the, you know, mix up the order a little bit. Um, shanae what are you most proud of with your book, One Wrong Turn?
3: Well, not to say the obvious, obviously having a book published, (laughs) there's a lot of brilliant unpublished books out there. So just getting that contract in the first place is a very big deal that many tears were shed. Mm-hmm. But it's actually hearing from a lot of non-dancers that I've made the ballet world accessible. And amongst all of the French ballet terminology, people have been able to understand what's going on and get a little, I guess, inspired to join a dance class from reading the book. <laughs> I
0: love it. And it's never too late, right? Like we can no, there's adult classes everywhere. Right I do them. Go along. Fantastic. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's next podcast, the four of us, do some ballet. <laughs> <laughs> Set up the bar behind the bookcase.
3: <laughs> well, I was told by Alison Tate that I knew my way around a bar and I was like, oh, we've got to specify which bar we're talking about or people are going to be very disappointed.
0: I like that. I like that. Or maybe when it comes to that, we can all choose our own type of bar. <laughs> we could um, combine some skills. We could combine some skills. Some people dance better at other bars. I don't
2: know. <laughs> hey.
0: Think I'd be one of those people too. Yeah, Roy. What are you most proud of with uh, one or both of your books?
2: Um, I think um, for 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 Sebastian stands out. I'm most proud that um it came out because it was one of my longer um longer Ed stories. So it took me about I, I wrote it um in about April I think April 2020 or 2021 maybe, and then. Took about eight months for me that I, to. I got some feedback from friends, and then took them about eight months to accept that feedback and then move past it and make the edits I needed to do. And then for Book Week Bear, um, I'm just proud that it came out too because I it's one that came out really organically, really quickly. Um, but um, my agent at the time wasn't a, wasn't that keen to send it out, so and there was a long period of waiting there as well. So yeah, I'm just cl- glad that they're both out in the world and that people can enjoy them.
0: Yeah, and it's timely too, book week coming up, oh.
2: so. I don't know who planned that, but yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, And Kristen, tell us about what you're proud about this series. Look, I am
1: super proud that we got all four books out because um, that was a big haul. Um, the first one came out in September last year, so it's a bit wow. punishing schedule. Wow. But it's ex- super exciting. But I think probably what I'm most proud of is That they are fun, like they're really fun books, but they tap into something that really, really matters to me. And that's the importance of kids, finding kids who love the same thing as each other, which then allows those kids to be authentically themselves. Because that's one of the best things about a team. And these books, like every book, it's got the same 12 kids in each of the four books and you see their friendships grow and develop and you see them overcome different challenges and friend things because they're just kids and they're just friends. But it's about the fact they all love something, in this case football, that unifies them and allows them to really be authentically themselves. And the fact that I could put that in a book that's just really fun and have kids realise like and see the benefit. When I ask kids, you know, "What what do you love about the books or what do you love about being in a team? That's what they say. I love the friendships. I love the way that helps the other kids. So writing a football book, you know, is fun and there's plenty of football and they do lots of drills and play games and I had to learn a lot about club football to do it. (laughs) Um, But I think what I've really loved, especially now that we've come to the end of book four, is to see how the characters themselves, the friendships and how how much that means to them all, and that's really a big part of the last book is the friendships and how they help, particularly Harper, one of the two main point of view characters in the
0: fourth book. So that's what I'm most proud of. <laughs> and you did talk about that sort of uh, very short deadlines there. So book mm. one September, and now we're only into July, and there's four books out. Did it get easier? and this is a question for all of you, does the writing get easier or is it just the same hard with every book or tell me about your journey? Well, for,
1: you, for me, for, mm. yeah. So for me, um, book one was the easiest, interestingly. Um, well, interest in terms of the story flow, it just poured out and I wrote it in three weeks. So then it had a lot of editing, of course. But um, I think book three, which was I had just started promoting book two, no, book one. I was promoting book one and doing all that hard stuff, you know, the social media, the publicity stuff, the bookstores. And I was still writing book three. And I had a deadline and I had changed the formula. It was a slightly different structure because they're on a camp. And I hit, I hit like, a, oh my God, I can't do it moment. And it got really hard. And I was, I felt like a fraud and I felt like an imposter. And what am I doing? And I've got a whole nother one to write after this. Um, but then once i kind of picked myself up and just powered through it kind of got easier again so what got hard it was hard to keep the momentum going for myself mm. creatively when i was really busy with the marketing the the promotion the publicity but i got better at writing to my word count i got better at the structure of the stories because it was four junior fiction books in a row so in terms of the practical writing it got easier because i got more used to it But in terms of managing the competing thing of writing, being creative, and doing the other work of being an author, having those two things happening at once was really
0: hard. Mm, Yeah, I think so. And they're just different skills as well. Yeah,
1: and (laughs) they take up a whole different type of energy. Mm, So, yeah, yeah, that's what I found hard was the two
0: things together. Yeah. Yeah. Rory, how many picture books are you in now?
2: Um, So these are books seven and eight. Um, They probably... I wouldn't say they get easy. They would. They do No, they do get easier to write, but they don't get easy to write. So, like, I've mm, I've got okay. a um, I've got a twelve week old baby, and um, I've actually I was really worried before she came that I wouldn't have time to write after she came, and it's been the complete opposite. I've I've got way less time, but I'm pumping out stories. I've written uh, I think maybe nine or ten stories in in twelve weeks, but the problem is that I I'm I'm I've written nine or 10 really well, maybe I've written maybe three or four good stories and then about six really bad stories. But what I struggle with is um, separate myself enough to know which ones are the good ones and the bad ones mm-hmm. in the moment. Um, that's probably why I struggle with Morris. But um, the promotion wise, it gets, gets easier, although I am really stepping out of my comfort zone with these ones because I've um, made a conscious effort to try to get out. Of I live in regional Queensland or semi-regional Queensland, and um, I've tried to get into the big cities. So I went to Brisbane to launch there. My last launch in Brisbane, I had, I think, maybe six people show up, and um, so I was really nervous about doing one, but this one was really successful, so it was nice. And um, this weekend, I'm going to Sydney, um, which is also – it's it's nerve-wracking on a few levels because I'm worried that no one will show up to the book launch, but I'm also really sad and worried about leaving um, my little girl, mm-hmm. so – um, but the,
0: the he, beauty yeah. is if no one shows up, no one will know, because you just take well, pictures that are you know positioned where it's just you with yeah. your book. But if like two people turn up, like that's probably worse than none, I reckon.
2: Well, I've definitely got two people coming up, so it could go really bad. Although it's always um, the day before the book launch when you get all the messages saying, "Oh, oh I can't come." I don't can't message come, I'm really me sorry. Like, if you can't
0: come. Like, just don't message me because I had that same thing. It was like sort of at the, you know, tail end of COVID, like you know, the hardcore COVID, and everyone was coming out. And on the morning, it was like, "Can't come, can't come, can't come." And I just gave my partner my phone. I said, "You need to take this and just don't tell me anymore because it's happening. I'm holding a giant cake." And it's happening, and I don't know if, any, if it's going to be my mum and I eating this cake. But I can't think about it. it. Was like it was hurting my soul. Like enough people turned up, but wow! I think I feel like if you can't go to a launch in the morning, don't message that person.
3: <laughs> yeah, won't. authors
0: aren't in good head in no, no, the no, no, morning no. of their launch. Tell, <laughs> us the, tell us the day after. I'm so sorry I couldn't come, but please the morning. Oh God, I was having a time. And to be fair, down.
3: book launches are a blur. So. You'd be none the wiser if people were there or not. It's just <laughs> like a wedding. You're like, oh, you it was great not. to see you. I don't know if I saw you or not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a good answer though, Roy. I like it how they don't get easier, but
2: they do get easier, but, easier, but get no, they're easy. Not,
0: easy. not easy. Yeah, which I like. You know, I would hate the writing process to be that easy. I mean, we're meant to feel the torture and pain of it, right? That's why it's so rewarding when it actually you see it on a shelf and you're like, I remember with my first book, I remember going the whole time, it's probably not going to happen. Like, you know, I've written it, it's been signed, I've seen I've seen one, but it's probably never going to get into the shops. You know, you always have that. I don't know, maybe well, it's just I, me. Yeah.
2: I feel like my I biggest like... problem is I've been spamming my poor agent who's like, I, I literally sent one email, um, my last I think it was my last week of paternnal leave I wrote this story, and I said to her, Look, I know I'm so sorry I've sent you so many things, but this one I know is really good <laughs> and, and and the thing was like what I wrote was probably a good poem, good but it was not really a good picture book mm. and um and yeah, and there was only a few weeks I was like, ah oh, I really um shot shoot i took took a shot there, which was in the dark and wrong, so
0: But I like how already 12 weeks into being a parent, you've realized that pre-kids, you just squander time, right? (laughs) Like Pre-kids, I don't know. I had so many brunches. I could have written so many books but didn't. But as soon as you have kids and you know that time is so precious, you do find a way to use it more effectively. I don't know. That was my experience. It sounds like yours too.
2: Lunch breaks at work. Mm. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I was like... What did I do pre kids? Like, <laughs> must have really just been. I've you know, discovered the joy myself. of
1: writing on an iPad because I yeah. can take it with me everywhere. Yeah. I can type it. I can access things. Like, you know, going off to taekwondo with the kids, I can yeah. sit there for an hour. I can scribble notes on things, edit stuff. Like, you know, it, versatility
0: yeah. and just having that one thing with everything in it. Yeah, I agree. It's I use helpful. notes on my phone because. Yeah. Um, yeah. I used to take my laptop. I'm on a plane a lot and used to take, but you can't have. Your laptop open the whole flight. Only some of the flight when the seatbelt signs off. And if you you know sit in Melbourne, it's a pretty short flight. So I just use my phone, and I've got so many weird unfinished stories in notes. But at least yeah. it's mobile; it's with you all the time. Yeah, I do love paper, but it's just I lose oh, it all I the time. Too. I'm like, where's that story gone? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> too many
1: notebooks on my shelf already <laughs> but I do love I
0: do love the art of writing on a pad of paper
1: yeah.
0: um Sinead does it get easier this is your debut book but does it get easier I mean I'm sure you've been writing before So, I have a mixed answer because I have a
3: second book that's still out there on submission and if I look at the writing process for that because I'm traditionally a bit of a pantser um no it doesn't get easier because self-doubt is still in there and you never really know if what you've written is good or rubbish and it's a roller coaster. But I I don't know if I'm supposed to really be saying it at the moment. Because of about ba- the ballet buzz, which is fabulous, I have now dived into writing a sequel that was never planned. And there is a very, very short turnaround time. And I, for the first time in my life, I don't know if it's the panic of a very tight deadline. And I work well to deadlines from my background as a journalist. I have a full synopsis and I've dived back into the ballet world and I know the characters and I know the setting and that's really comforting in that I'm not creating a whole world. I'm working with what I know. So it could all fall apart. Kate, my publisher, if you're listening, no, it's not going to fall apart. It's all good. It's it's fine. I'm 100% (laughs) fine. Sane. But it's early days. It's honeymoon period and I think it's... I'm ambitiously confident. Mm, I like that, that it's going to be okay. And this yeah. is, I think, my mindset where I'm like, you just got to go with it. Don't look at mm. the total word word count. Like, just one foot in front of the other. Carve out the time and just, just know it's it's going to happen. It yeah. is going to happen. <laughs> Can you hear the shake in my voice? Where I'm like, <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> That's probably a good point, though. Like, about you're already in that world. You've created that yeah. that world. And I imagine that's the same for you, Danny, with um your dad series. Like, yeah. you, you sort of know how that works and how those characters are going to act in a scenario.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, I, think, I can picture it clearly. And I think it is easier, but it's also more difficult in a way because you don't want it to just be the same. Yeah, um, fair. You know, and I've gotten to the third book. I'm like, well, fishing and camping, you know, we know the formula now, but with the next one, how how is it going to be same, same, but different, you know? So I think there's also that risk of it just being, oh, it's the same book. They just did something else. So I I
2: found found that that
0: challenge.
1: And I found that with the football books. So Mm -hmm. book one and book two do follow, like they're at the club. They're following the same training game routine, even though the challenges in the story is different. So I had that that gut feeling with book three so I sent them off to camp you know so it had to change something yeah. had to change but oh gosh I love diving into uh, what you're saying Sinead is absolutely right It's you want to be it's so nice to be back in that world it is mm. so it's lovely and comforting to already know them I mm. think and I think with characters
3: like already knowing exactly what's going to make them tick what their strengths yeah. and weaknesses are and what's really going to send them off the edge because yeah. we're authors and we're evil and that's what we do <laughs> the
0: characters are everything i mean think about anything you've binged recently and it's because usually you love the characters i mean yeah your storyline's great and you're like you know but i can never finish any series even no matter what the story's about if i don't love the characters because i just don't care what happens to them you know, 100%. so I think I think character is is the most important thing in any book so if you get that right then you know hopefully it works <laughs> hopefully <laughs> hopefully I, I like how we all have that tinge of self-doubt and I actually think self-doubt makes you better right as long as it doesn't paralyze you it's that knife edge so self-doubt makes you think I can make this work better I can make this work better and you really take on you know feedback from your editor etc because you think you've got that little bit of nugget of mm. self doubt but as long as it doesn't yeah. tip over to the edge of paralysis and i've been yeah, very fine before, line i've been there <laughs> before i was like oh, i just <laughs> i can't i can't water words yeah. <laughs> so we touched on publicity a bit and i love what you said kristen that it's a different energy and it is you know you you're writing and it's usually just you you're getting maybe some feedback from a writer's group or your publisher or agent or whatever but publicity is this this beast and I speak to a lot of publicists I speak to a lot of authors so I'm trying to find out the secret formula there isn't one Mm. Um, (laughs) it's kind of like you just don't know what works so you do whatever and everything you can and see what sticks but is there something Kristen that has just worked for you whether it's small or big or felt good or what's worked in publicity for you
1: oh wow Okay. Um, What's worked for me? Um, I don't love social media. Um, I really struggle with it. I don't like to look at it because I'm one of those people who instinctively can suddenly looks and thinks I'm not doing enough. Like I see other people and you're like, everyone else seems to be more successful doing more things with more people. and, And it gives me a sort of feeling like I should do more. But what I've, so what I've found to be really successful is, say, doing like a little reel where I just talk about what I'm doing. I've stopped trying to be more than I am because that's exhausting. Mm. So I think what works for me, I know that's very broad, but I think what works for me say on the social media front is to not try to be funny or not try to be dramatic, just be me, talk and yeah. talk to people the way I would if they were standing in front of me. Mm. So that's what I've, and I've found the more I do that, the more engagement I'm getting, which is interesting. Mm. Um, and then the other thing is actually taking on some advice that Belinda Morell told me when I was starting out. She's a dear friend and very experienced. Um, and I was brand new. And I said, I- I'm terrified of the whole launch thing and no one's going to show up, or I go to a football club and there's nobody there and nobody knows me. She said to remember pebbles. So every, even if there's one kid in the room that you're talking to, and that's happened to her, she's told me she's gone to something there were two kids there and she's Belinda, you know, um, but she said she just remembers pebbles. You talk to that one kid, it's like dropping a pebble in a pond. You have no idea where those ripples are going to go. So every single kid I talk to, whether it's one or a hundred, I treat them all like individual little pebbles. And that means I get joy out of absolutely everything I do whether there's one kid or a hundred yeah,
0: there. So. It's true. And there's so many things you said there because you can't control that. That's something you can't control. You go to an event, you go to a bookshop, you can't control how many people are there. So you just have to go with it and make the yep. best of it. And even if you turn up and you just sign books, that's, you know yep. you just got to make the best of it because yeah. it is what it is. you know. Yep. And I liked what you said about social media because, you know, it is a thing where you can get caught up in it. But really it's just, you know, one image, one moment. Yep. You know, I've had a few people come and say to me, oh, my God, you're always... I've, you know, in a plane doing this, I'm like, well, actually nine days a fortnight I'm making lunches. And yep. taking care of my kids, I just don't photograph that, you know. Because I don't know. Do you want to see me making a chicken wrap? I can, I can do your reel if you want, but I don't think it's that exciting. Someone told me, if in doubt, put your dog on.
1: <laughs> I mean, a good... Put a picture of your dog, and you will so see other... my dog
0: feature regularly. Yeah, my dog's been getting a lot of action actually. On this, <laughs> I haven't had it for long. Has been getting a lot of likes on the on social media But it's funny people's relationship with social media, and for me. It's funny because it takes me out of my anxious brain. So I often wake up quite anxious, which is just great thing to wake up with Aww. and so i've tried so many things meditation this that that but the only thing and it's very strange and i think this is rare because i think social media stresses other people out yeah. I, I get my phone and i just go through insta and i might post something and instantly my brain is present in something else and not worried about something that's probably not going to happen so it's interesting that social media is sometimes you know people's nemesis but for me it's always been that thing that gets me out of my anxious brain so it's interesting that's wonderful it? Wonderful, is, but maybe well, it's not. whatever works, know, isn't it? Like you know, <laughs> you get to that point, whatever works, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rory, what has been something great for you in publicity that's that's worked or felt good?
2: Well, it's hard. Like I, I was speaking to an editor recently, and then I spoke to a marketing person, and the editor said book launches are really just for the author to feel good. like don't really sell yeah. books. That, but then um, I found that this week that one of my books um, was a bestseller at the bookstore and um, over their, over that 12 month period and that was purely because we did launch there. Yeah. But, um, but then the uh, the marketing person told me that social media is really how you sell books. And for me, I think what works best is not doing the same thing over and over again. like people like Sebastian stands out has the most stunning cover. Mm, but once people have seen it two or three times, they're done. Like they don't. They're not going to like it. A post with Sebastian says out as a just seeing you on the cover again. I find that people like seeing you. Like they so like they like to see a photo of you doing something. And apart from that, it's just thinking of creative ways to um to show what you're doing. So like um if you're going to a bookstore and you see your book, you know, obviously that's you got to take a photo of it. But chuck yourself in there too. And um or if you I don't know. Um, just take 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 a photo of end papers, Take a photo of, of um a snippet from your book or a quote from your book or, um yeah. Just try to try not to do the same thing over and over again because, um people will get exhausted by it. And I, mm-hmm. personally, I'm a bit too addicted to social media. I want to step back from it, but I feel like particularly being um someone who doesn't really have much of an author community where I live locally, it's my it's my connection to the yeah. author community more broadly. Yeah. And I think that um, being connected to the author community and giving back to the author community is another way of um, getting people to buy a book because it's a pretty big community. And I think if if you're engaging with them um, and they're engaging with you, then they're more likely to come along to your events and they're more likely to buy your book, even if you've never met them in person
0: yeah well it's a community isn't it and that's what i always say about the podcast you know it's interviews yeah but it's about building communities with people and i think social media works when you are willing to be vulnerable and real and honest and you know share those journeys as well because i don't know about you but i'm kind of sick of seeing all the the perfectness yeah <laughs> i don't think that's a word but that's i'm just gonna leave that it is now <laughs> it is now the perfectness. <laughs> I'll take and it. <laughs> it's nice to hear stories about oh, I was really worried about this or oh, I was really worried about this book launch but it worked or you know I I like seeing successes mm. but I like seeing the reality behind that because so often we just see this beautiful book and I know before I was um doing the podcast and before I was a published author I was like oh wow it's just so it's so magical and you know it must be these people are just amazingly talented and they are but it's nice to see that you know the work behind that rather than just look I thought up a book and look it's magic like there's a lot more <laughs> (laughs) that goes on between that. And I think that's really important. And I think Rory, like I'm the same, like calms my anxious brain i am a, so much of an extrovert so i love communicating with people on social media i hate the telephone i'm never going to call you so <laughs> social <laughs> media is that kind of you know thing where you can engage with people without having to be on the phone um and yeah i think i think there doesn't have to be shame in that social media addiction um because you're using it as a community well i do i think i do I hope i do
2: yeah this <laughs> is a fine line between spamming all your friends and <laughs>
0: Yeah, and, the thing um... is, if, if no, uh, this is what I think, right? Not everyone gets your posts anyway, because some, whatever the algorithm, which I'll never understand. And if you're not on social media a lot, like Kristen is, Kristen's not going to see half of our posts because she's not on there a lot. You mm. know what I mean? And it's, you're in control. If I'm sick yeah. of Rory, which I never am, I'll just keep scrolling <laughs> by. Like, you know, it's not offensive to my eyes. You can post a thousand times a day if you like. If I don't like it, I'll just keep scrolling. Mm. You know. You're right about the connection.
1: That is really good. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I've, I've been friends with um, James Foley for years and we've never met face to face. You That's know, a wonderful, isn't it? A little that. scribe mm. together for four years. This will be the fourth year this year. You know, and I've never met him face to face. Like we missed each other when he was in Sydney recently, but you know, it's like he's on the other side of the country, and I know him. Feel like I know him, and mm. half of that is posting. Yeah. he's commenting so that is definitely the plus side I agree absolutely right yeah I
0: met Christy Byrne the first time at Sydney Writers Festival just gone and we've been communicating for ages we've done NaNoWriMo on the podcast you know signed a book with Larrikin and when we met we're like how did we have we not met before like it was this weird moment where we felt like you know we did know each other I was like oh wow and it's it kind of I think because of you know COVID etc it's just you kind of just get used to it and you're like, well, it doesn't matter anymore. You know, you can still be just as connected to someone having not met them face to face. It's, you wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought that five years ago, but I actually, I actually think that now because it's happened, you know, yeah. Shanae, what about you publicity? What's worked? What's felt good? Well,
3: Figures-wise, I don't know if it's been successful yet, but it feels successful given the sequel and the buzz. Um, Very book-specific. I've been lucky given it's ballet and I'm quite in touch with the dance schools here in Perth. So I actually took the opportunity and went around to a few of them and filmed different girls dancing and turning with my book. And it worked really well in a sense that it's given me great content for Reels, which then everyone shares because they want to see themselves in the video or they see their friend. But it also let me engage with a lot of my readership. And we had a good chat about the book when I was with them in a very unofficial fun sort of way while I was filming them they were like oh I've, I've read this page and it's not bad I'm like oh, that's good I hope the rest thank is you <laughs> um but it's just been really really fun to create content for this mm-hmm. and I'm going to be a little bit stuffed down the track if I ever have a non-dance related book because <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do but content is very there's lots of it when it's your dog, related
0: apparently you put your dog on a selfie and
2: you well, mean, look, I'm not going to lie. My
3: dog feet Taco features a lot, and I was recently in the local paper here. And one of the questions that the interviewer asked was how my dog got his name, and I was like, there were five questions, and I was like, <laughs> he's stealing the spotlight. And I'm also in the Author Pen Power program, and I swear to God, every single letter I get, the kids talk about him and ask me questions about him, and I'm like, look, you know what, he. <laughs> is really the face of my brand and i'm just going to go with that it. i go might that. put a tutu on him and see what happens i don't know oh, he would hate me that? he would hate me can you please please do that
0: can you do he that only straight- he's
3: a great dane so getting one that would would
0: be, <laughs> <laughs> be a challenge
3: I want to see you, a reel
0: it. of you sewing one, and then you putting yep. it on. Um, I really want this reel like more than I've wanted anything. I'll work on it. He's got very
3: judgmental <laughs> eyebrows, so you can just imagine <laughs> what is going to come from it. Going to be
0: fabulous. That's
3: <laughs> But yes, he does. Uh, re- he does feature very heavily on my Instagram. And
0: sometimes <laughs> you choose your brand. Sometimes your brand chooses you, Shanae. So in this case, <laughs> yeah, Taco the Great Dane—that is me. <laughs> this is you know these are always such great chats and i love speaking to kid lit authors because you know i think we do really important work because you know we create young readers who hopefully um, love reading, you know, for a long time because of the books they read when they're younger. I'm sure we can all remember the books that we read when we were younger, which you know kept us loving books um right through adulthood. So I think what we do is really special. And um, you know, there's nothing better, like you said, I like when you talked about the pebbles, Kristen. When you do sit in front of a bunch of, you know, I love it when they're a bit rowdy, to be honest. <laughs> you read them your book and there's just this excitement and this vibe. Um, I love it when I go into you know bookshops or classrooms and the teacher's like, Oh, I've got them really quiet. I'm like, Oh, I don't want them quiet (laughs) (laughs) do you mind if I rev them up a little and I'm like stand up (laughs) so you know I think what we do is really special and um you know bringing the fun back into into kids um which they've really needed over the past few years lots of escapism as we all have so thank you so much for your time and congratulations on all your beautiful books
1: thank you so much for having us
0: Danny